a celebration, bitches. Grab a drink, grab a glass. We are here. Kev, we made it, man. It is it is actually happening. It is week one of the NFL season. Fantasy football is upon us. I'm sure a bunch of you guys had all of your drafts this weekend. Maybe you have some left, you know, leading up to uh, the first game on Thursday. But we're here, man. We we made it. It is, it is actually happening. This is not a dream. This is not a. It's not a test. It's it's actually actually here. Super pumped. We're going to be hitting you guys with with some waivers. You can think about these as you know maybe some streams. You know maybe. Uh, you didn't have time to do a lot of research, and there's some. There's definitely some guys we have on our list who need to be more highly owned and in your league. So we're gonna we're gonna go through these. We're gonna try and make this a quick pod. We're gonna rattle this off. I know we have. You've probably heard us say that often, but we we are committed to, if nothing else, this season, giving you the information you need as quickly as possible. Gonna try not to ramble on like I am doing right now. Not off to a great start. Kev, let's uh let's let's get into it, man. Uh week one quarterbacks, waivers, streamers, however you want to look at this. Where do you want to start with this? Yeah, I think there's a few different options here for people. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is somebody that I would be looking for as a week one streamer going against Arizona. Uh he torched Arizona last year and heading into this year, it's gonna be no different. Arizona's defense really isn't remarkably better than what it was last year. So I really like this. I think this has the potential to be somewhat of a high scoring game back and forth. So Jimmy Garoppolo uh, rostered in only 38% of leagues. I think that is uh, somebody that I would be looking at. Um, a couple other options, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who is available in most leagues. He is uh, rostered in 14% of leagues and going against the Raiders. This is a, a very close matchup. Him or really Derek Carr, I think both of them are viable week, uh, week one streaming options for this week. Um, I think they both have really good matchups. Both of their defenses are not very good. And I think this, again, has a somewhat potential to be, um, you know, at least a high-scoring game. That's kind of what you're looking for on a week-to-week basis when you're looking to stream is kind of guys with those best matchups. You know, that's not really breaking any grounds. Certain guys that I wouldn't want any part of, Daniel Jones, if you drafted him, he's somebody that I wouldn't want to play this week. I would want to sit him and maybe stream somebody this week if you have the roster spot to be able to do it because they're going against Pittsburgh. It's not a great matchup. Pittsburgh's defense is probably top five, top three in the league. Wouldn't want to go there. So, so again, if you're somebody, you know, Daniel Jones is owned in 60% of leagues. So, you know, I think he is certainly somebody if you owned, if you, if you have him on your team, that is the place that I would look to, to probably pivot. If you owned a Ryan Tannehill, somebody like that, uh, I probably wouldn't. Baker Mayfield, same, same issue. Uh, any of those guys, like I, I would much rather play a Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, Jimmy Garoppolo type play. Yeah, just uh, two that I'm going to tack on here. Jared Goff going up against Dallas. We know they lost a bunch of defensive pieces. He's rostered in 41% of leagues, according to ESPN's numbers. That one, I think, is the second highest total in the week, too. I think that's 52 and a half for the for the over-under there. A lot of points going to be scored. Like I said, the defense is on both sides, not great. So that should be a, a, a high-paced, high-scoring affair. And then the other one I'm going to toss in here for your deeper leagues, Gardner Minshew going up against Indy. 15% rostered in, in your fantasy league. So that's another one where we, we've talked about this a bunch. He was one of our sleepers at the quarterback position. That defense is just hot, hot, hot garbage. Going to be playing from behind often. Obviously a, a stud with DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault pushing for starting slot snaps. 
So that that is uh, that is another direction I would go, and I completely agree with the Daniel Jones sitting him this week. Let's go ahead and move on to running back. Running back, there there's a bunch. I'm just going to kind of rattle off here, and then Kev, you can jump in and talk about any of these guys that uh, that you see fit. We what the our line of delineation here is we're looking for guys who are rostered in less than sixty percent of leagues. So we're going to try and you know guys that not not everybody plays in 12 team leagues. So whenever we rattle off some of these names, oh, he, not my league. He's doing, what do you guys do? simmer down? We'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get a little deeper for you, but there, there are a lot of these guys who are available in a bunch of leagues. Uh, Daryl Henderson, 54%, Alexander Madison, Chase Edmonds, Tony Pollard, Duke Johnson, Boston Scott, Naheem Hines, Chase Edmonds, Benny Snell, Bryce Love, maybe, possibly Joshua Kelly, Darrell Williams, Divine Azigbo, James Robinson, that, that entire Jacksonville backfield. Uh, something we should have mentioned at the top, Reichwell Armstead is going to be out for, quote, a while, according to head coach Doug Marone. So it doesn't seem like he's going to be in their plans anytime soon. So if you're in some of these deeper leagues, whether it's a, a 14, 16 team league, or you just have deeper starting requirements, or maybe your commissioner was forward thinking and put in a bunch of extra bench spots because of the the unknown with the whole COVID situation. So Divine is Zigbo, 12%, and then James Robinson is only 2% on ESPN leagues. Kev, uh, of those running backs, who jumps out to you? Well, obviously, Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, Chase Edmonds. Like those guys, if they're somehow available in your league, add them. Yes. Add them now. Okay. Because those guys should not be available. Like I was surprised. I figured those guys would be more like 70, 80% owned. So regardless, I know for most people, they're not going to be available. For most people, they were drafted in the 10th, 11th, 12th round. But apparently there are leagues that he is available. Those guys are available. I think you, you look at team leagues that are like 10 team leagues, eight team leagues, like those do exist. And so some of those guys would be available. However, if you're in a 12 team league, one of those guys wasn't drafted or what, what is going to, what one pro tip is after a few weeks, once we get into bye weeks, if, if those guys haven't carved out any sort of role, they're going to start getting dropped. Once you get to about week six, week seven, that's when you should be looking to add these handcuff backs, like that, hoarding them, because that is whenever we're going to start having things change. And that, that's when it makes more sense to own those guys, regardless. So for me, I think it starts, honestly. Like if this was a, a regular week, and we were coming, James Robinson would probably be the highest owned guy or highest added guy because he is named the starter for week one going against Indy. And a lot of people don't know who James Robinson is. He is a rookie. Uh, he was he played at Illinois State. If you look at his profile, uh, he does have an upper percentile burst. He has an upper percentile agility score, a uh, 92nd, 130.5 burst score, 11.22 agility score. His, his speed score is something to be desired. But regardless, um, I mean, he was strong, especially his last two years at Illinois State. He had... 1,900 rushing yards in 2019, 1,200 rushing yards in 2018. He's had he had at least double-digit touchdowns in every year except for one, which was his freshman year. And he, he's he's utilized as a pass catcher too. 21 percent or he had 21 receptions in 2018, 16 receptions in 2019. You know, to be honest with you, like uh, he has had a terrific camp. A lot of people have really hyped him up a lot, and a lot of people say that he's the reason why they cut Leonard Fournette, like that, why they felt comfortable doing so well, it was because of James Robinson. So I think James Robinson is a really interesting ad. Like if he's available, I would be adding him now. Like I would not wait. Don't what ends up happening is with these guys that people don't know about, they end up trying to wait to see what the guy is instead of just being 
uh, forward thinking. And you should always be forward thinking in fantasy football and trying to read the tea leaves of things. Like, do not wait to see what James Robinson does. Add him now. If he doesn't work out, so be it. A lot of people are rostering two tight ends, two quarterbacks. Don't do that. There's no reason to add to, to, to roster that many quarterbacks or tight ends unless you're in a super flex league or a tight end premium league. Drop those guys. Add these types of players because James Robinson, listen, do I think that any Jaguars running back is going to be a league winner this year? Probably not. But he, he very well could be a competent, like look at Phillip Lindsay a, few, a couple years ago. Like that Broncos offense a couple years ago whenever he broke out, like wasn't great. Right, but Philip Lindsay had a strong year that year. He very well could be this year's Philip Lindsay that gets added before the season starts and ends up kind of breaking out a little bit. So they have nobody else there. It's Devon and Zigbo. We, we knew that you know that uh, Rykel Armstead, but Rykel Armstead now is behind the eight ball with, with this COVID thing. So I like James Robson. I think that he might be the guy that I would want to add the most. So if you have some fab budget, I would look to allocate some to add him. Um, another one for me, I think Daryl Williams should definitely be owned in more leagues that he's in. Um, I think that he's going to have at least somewhat of a role in this offense. I think eight to 10 touches per game. And in this Kansas City offense, that is good enough to give you some flex appeal weeks, right? And he is somebody that they trusted even going back to the playoffs a couple of years ago, 2018, that he was getting touches in the playoffs. Like they like Daryl Williams. That's why they cut DeAndre Washington. He is now the de facto number two. And if anything happens to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, anything happens to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Daryl Williams is an instant lottery ticket. So He's somebody that I think that should be owned in more leagues. And then Joshua Kelly, I know a couple weeks ago we talked about this, and we talked about Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson is now hurt again, and Joshua Kelly has continued to get praise every single every, and he has got opportunity with the ones. And I honestly think that this is going to be a split backfield. I think that he's going to get, I think he's going to see somewhere to 40 to 50 percent of the touches in this backfield. I think that people should expect that. I think a lot of people are expecting for Austin Eckler to take 60 to 70% of the touch. I don't think that's how this is going to work. I think it's going to be very similar to what they did with Melvin Gordon. And so with that, like Joshua Kelly, 10% is ridiculous. Like he should be owned in well more fantasy leagues than that. So again, if you're looking for a running back, and these, this is what I would be looking for. So Joshua Kelly, Daryl Williams, and James Robinson are my guys that I would love to add. You know, some other guys in a PPR format, Naheem Hines, I definitely think he should be rostered in more leagues. He has. We know that 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 um, Philip Rivers loves to target his 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 running backs out of the backfield. Uh, he's done it the last three years, the highest clip in the league. So Naheem Hines, I think, is going to have a much bigger role than people are expecting. I think he's going to be the pass catching back here for this team. And I, again, a guy that could get four to six targets per week, and in a PPR formats, I think that carries some weight. Benny Snell, he's a guy that I think that that um, he is, he needs something to happen to James Conner for him to become relevant. But it sounds like they really like Benny Snell. If something were to happen to James Conner, which wouldn't be out of the range of possibility because James Conner seems to get hurt every single year, then Benny Snell would be sort of that that just stat. Yep, absolutely. I agree on, on all that. I think you hit on a lot of those names pretty well. So we're just going to move right on to wide receiver. We, we got to kick it off here. Jalen Rager, 36% rostered. Come on. What, what, what are you guys doing? We know that you've been listening to the to the Fantasy Authority, and we know if you've been listening, you already have him rostered. But if for some reason you don't, you go and do that right now. Press pause, put in your waiver claim, go get him. After that, Anthony Miller, 35% rostered. Paris Campbell, 30%. Al Lazard, 25 And if you're looking for some deeper ads, James Washington, I think, at least for the week one matchup against the Giants, 
it it kind of seems like James Washington is bringing an element to the offense that none of the other receivers have in terms of in terms of his deep ball ability. So that is something that you know Adam for week one kind of see what happens, and then you can you know possibly dump him after that because I'm not entirely sure how the how these snap percentages are going to play out for this Steelers wide receiver group. LaVisca Chenault touched on him when I was talking about Gardner Minshew. He's 6% rostered, pushing for those starting slot snaps. And, uh, again, they're going to be playing from behind a bunch. There's going to be a lot of volume to go around. And after DJ Chark, it's wide open for, for the Jags. Someone interesting, too, in, in your deeper leagues, Kenny Stills, only 2% rostered. It is reported, I think, yesterday or today, that Brandon Cooks has been battling a quad injury, and that's why his uh, reps have been limited throughout camp. So, again, going to be playing from behind that that the game on Thursday. That is our highest total on the week. We always want to target those high total games in DFS and in your you know your week to week redraft leagues. Uh, Fifty four and a half, I believe, is the the over under. So Kenny Stills is interesting. Brian Edwards. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving, plus high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O.co. Got to mention him, only 6% owned in ESPN League, 17% in Yahoo. Steven Sims, again, kind of close the, the same argument to be had for LaVisca Chenault. After Terry McLaurin, super wide open, not going to be a, a, a good team by any means there in Washington. So going to be a lot, of, a lot of volume to go around there. Van Jefferson, I mean, you want to look at the, the poster child for the drumbeat of the offseason that award is going to Van Jefferson. He's only 2% rostered in ESPN leagues. If you are in deep despair for some reason at your wide receiver position already in week one, which you shouldn't be, but if, if you need someone who you kind of just want to you know throw a dart at, Kendrick Bourne is, I think he might be operating as the, as the Niners wide receiver one Week one. Now, obviously, after Ayuk and Debo are healthy, you can drop him and forget about Kendrick Bourne. But week one, again, that's Kittle. And then pretty wide open after that. He's only 1% rostered. And then if someone like Jalen Rager is not able to go week one, John Hightower for a super, 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 super deep ad, 0.2% rostered in ESPN leagues. Kev, anyone jump off there you want to touch upon before we finish off with tight end? I mean, Jalen Rager should definitely be owned and more or rostered more than just that, right? I get it. He, you know, with the uh, the, the injury that he suffered, which is just a shame that he suffered it in the way that he did. Uh, just uh, yeah. you know, Jalen Hurts interception that he tried to make a tackle on, and that's how he gets hurt. But regardless of that, it sounds like it's not a, a super serious injury. It sounds like he can be back in a few weeks. Even if he doesn't play week one, I think Jalen Rager is somebody that I would definitely want to stash from my bench. Anthony Miller, I think, definitely should. If you look at the way he ended last year, like he was really playing very well. We did. We, I don't think we mentioned it, but Mitchell Trubisky actually is named the starter in this offense. We'll see how that goes. I know a lot of people were trashing it, but we'll see. Um, I'm kind of with the you know wait-and-see approach with Anthony Miller. But Anthony Miller... 
like I said, really took a step forward last year, especially at the end of last year. If he can stay healthy, he could be the operate as the number two wide receiver next to Allen Robinson, who is going to, you know, draw that double coverage away from Anthony Miller. So I think that really plays well for Anthony Miller this year. He kind of needs that breakout year, and this this very well could be the year that it happens. And so Anthony Miller at 35%, I would much rather roster him than guys like Larry Fitzgerald or even Emmanuel Sanders. Like, I think those guys' ceilings are very capped. We've talked about this all offseason. If you want any of those guys, I would much rather have Anthony Miller. Paris Campbell, I like. So for, for the guys that are a little bit deeper, so for me, like, honestly, I, I keep saying this, but I think Brian Edwards could end up being this year's A.J. Brown. Like, I really think it's in the range of possibility that his potential outcome. He is the perfect fit for Derek Carr. I know they have Henry Ruggs there, and I love Henry Ruggs' game-breaking speed, but Brian Edwards should be rostered in more leagues, okay? It's just it's just egregious that he's not. Uh, I think really what we've seen with some of these guys is the fact that we got no preseason, and if you weren't paying attention through training camp and following the news, you wouldn't know that Brian Edwards balled, right? And so with Tyrell Williams ruled out for the year, or he's on IR, which pretty much ruled out his season, Brian is Brian Edwards' season. And I think that he is going to very well could lead this team in targets. And I think it's ridiculous that he is rostered in as few leagues that he is. I love the Van Jefferson call. I think Van Jefferson is somebody else that can operate as the number three wide receiver in this offense. We've seen this team be able to utilize a three wide receiver set. I know a lot of people think they're going to go to the heavy 12 personnel. I don't. I think Van Jefferson could end up being that number three wide receiver. I know they'll probably start the year with Josh Reynolds. But I think Van Jefferson is probably a better player at this point. And I think that he's somebody that I would count on. If you're wanting to get real deep, though, it's not on here. I think somebody that's not anybody is talking about right now that could end up being the Chargers starting wide receiver week one because I, there's been differing reports on Mike Williams. It's they, they hope that he plays week one, but then there's also been reports that he may miss the whole first month of the season. Joe Reed is a name that people should be paying attention to um, because he very well could be that starting wide receiver for the Chargers heading into week one against the uh, against the Bengals. His athletic measurables are are, are pretty impressive as well. Uh, he ran a 44740, which was 74th percentile. His speed score is a 94th percentile, and he has a runs has a 75th 126.1 75th percentile burst score. So there's a lot to like here with Joe Reed. Six foot one, 224 pounds, was drafted in the fifth round. So I think he's somebody that we should be kind of monitoring. I, I don't think this is a long term gain here with him. But, you know, I mean, he is he was also utilized something else that we should really talk about more when terms of uh, looking at players profiles is that he was also used on special teams. He had 861 special teams yards in 2017. And in 2018, he had 707. And he had three special teams touchdowns in his career. So I, I think that that can give you some ideas of what they can do. And once they get the ball in the open space. So I like Joe Reed as kind of that late, like that very, if you want to have him just for that, because he could end up being operated as, like I said, the number one wide receiver for the first month of the season. And he does something different than what Keenan Allen brings to the table. Now, I don't love Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback here, but the guy's absolutely free. He's, he is rostered in 0% of leagues. And I think that he has a real path to touches and could end up being a guy who gets five to seven targets per week until Mike Williams. Yeah, I, I, I like that call. And the, the fact that they're trying to get him involved as a running back as well kind of tells you that they, they value him as a, as a playmaker, right? If they're trying to move him from receiver and get him running back touches, they want to get the ball in his hand. So I like that call. Let's go ahead and finish up with tight end. Now for this week, 
there's not going to be too many guys that you probably drafted as your tight end one who you're going to need to need to sit this week. There doesn't really seem to be any matchups that jumped out to me as like must avoids by any means, but some guys who are, who are lower rostered who may have a better matchup than, you know, maybe if you took Gasecki or Austin Hooper as your tight end one, some of these guys may offer more week one upside. Chris Herndon, got to mention him right off the top. 41% roster going up against Buffalo. Again, same thing like I've been mentioning already. Chase volume, and there is going to be a lot of volume for Herndon, especially going up against Buffalo. Going to be playing from behind. It is Crowder, maybe a little mix in of, of Lev Bell for, for some targets, and then it's going to be Herndon. So I like him I like him this week as a streamer going up against Buffalo. Eric Ebron, we already mentioned this matchup for the Steelers going up against the Giants. That defense is is putrid. Johnu Smith, your guy, 23% rostered. I think he uh, he has a he has a nice matchup against Denver. Blake Jarwin, 21% rostered. And then if you are in maybe a, a two tight end league or something like that, and you wanna you wanna take a little bit of a dart throw, OJ Howard, my how the the mighty have fallen. He's only rostered in just over five percent of ESPN leagues. I think the two tight end sets might give that Saints defense a little bit of fits. And again, that's going to be another high scoring matchup between, you know, between Breeze and Brady, which is something I'm definitely looking forward to this weekend. So OJ Howard, like I said, he's, he's been getting a lot of praise coming from Bruce Arians, who he was obviously in that doghouse last week. Now we know to take Bruce Arians with a, with a little grain of salt going from calling Ronald Jones, you know, the guy there and then running out and signing uh, Leonard Fournette as soon as they could. But I think that, you know, there's also been the positive talk from Brady, from Gronk, and from the teammates, as well as Bruce Arians. So a two tight end league or a tight end premium league, O.J. Howard in that what should be setting up as a shootout against New Orleans. He might be somebody if you are, you know, if you're if you're digging deep, like I said, five and a half percent roster in ESPN leagues. Kev. Obviously, your guy John News on this list at twenty three percent rostered. Any of these guys you want to touch on, or anybody else you want to bring to the uh, the waiver table here? Very quickly, I think definitely John New. Like I think John New could explode after week one. I you know I love John New. I think he's a top five option this year. <clears throat> I think he has the potential to be a top five tight end this year. I think that's in his range of outcomes. Uh, explosive tight end. So he's somebody that I absolutely love. Uh, I think there's some other guys that I at least would have on my radar as uh, to watch and to see kind of what ha- how, what happens. Robert Tanyan in Green Bay sounds like he may actually be the guy um, to own there. And we know that there's just not a lot of targets in Green Bay. Um, Robert Tanyan actually, you know, the narrative that he worked out with George Kittle over the offseason. So there's that, uh, that he got to work with the, the, the beast that is George Kittle. Uh, I know Jay Sternberger was kind of a flash in the pan thing this offseason. But I mean, Jay Sternberger's never done a thing in the NFL. And not that that Robert Tanyan has um, just exploded, but I mean, I think last year he had like 10 receptions, 165 yards and a touchdown. He also had that, I think it was like a 50-yard reception against Seattle or something like that. So the dude's a little little bit more explosive. I liked uh, Robert Tanyan. Somebody that, again, I would just kind of keep an eye on. I know there's a narrative that Aaron Rodgers hates tight ends. I think that is somewhat ridiculous and overplayed a little bit. But, yeah, somebody I would monitor. And then Dan uh, Dan Arnold certainly is somebody that I would kind of keep an eye on. Uh, I've kind of talked about Dan Arnold. I know there's other people that uh, don't understand the hype, but again, he's absolutely free. Let's just see what he does. I think that he's he's definitely going to be the receiving tight end in this offense. He's likely the third or he's, well, not third. He's, he's probably the fourth, fifth target, but I think inside the red zone, he's somebody that could see more targets uh, uptick because he is that big body tight end. 
and he has really proven inside the red of the goal line and throughout his short career that he can be useful there and he's a um, very athletic tight end so Dan Arnold Robert Tanyan I think guys like that are guys that I would be monitoring Irv Smith is another one that I would probably keep an eye on I think Irv Smith could actually explode I think he could end up being the Vikings tight end um, by the start by the end of the year uh, certainly much more athletic than what Kyle Rudolph is and, and could end up being the uh, probably the long-term answer there for them and then right now honestly um Philly you know if Dallas Goddard is available in any league I, I didn't look to see what his ownership percentage was but with the Eagles having so many injuries I mean it sounds like Jalen Rager may not play week one if he doesn't play Alshon Jeffrey's not playing right like I think we can see a lot of 12 personnel here and then the other one, I guess we didn't mention, I should have mentioned under wide receiver, was Greg Ward. If Greg Ward's available, like Greg Ward could have a significant role in this offense. Like he's already been named um, as one of the, among one of the starters and made the, made the roster. Like, and Greg Ward really had played pretty well over the last part of the season last year when they really needed him to step up. So he has that rapport, he has that chemistry. I, mean, I, mean, I should have mentioned him with the wide receivers. I forgot to mention him. But Greg Ward is another name that I would certainly be monitoring, especially early in the season, to kind of get some of that early season production. Yeah, really good call. We should have, definitely should have been mentioned. Uh, he was getting that drum beat as well throughout the throughout training camp. As kind of the the quote was, he is the the Zach Ertz of the receiving group, right? That he was the one that that Carson once kept going to over and over again. So good call with Ward there and. Uh, Dallas Goddard, 26% rostered according to ESPN. Yeah, League. So, so Yeah, exactly what I was saying with him. Like, if he's available, like, he's somebody that I would consider starting week one because because of the matchup against Washington, because of the the lack of weapons that there are there. Deshaun Jackson is in the offense, but I think he could end up being, you know, and we know they, they, have, they, they run packages for him, especially inside the red zone. So Dallas Goddard is another interesting play, I think, just for that. Absolutely. Well, that's going to wrap it up, guys. Uh, Appreciate you following along. We are super excited to get this rolling for week one. Now that we have moved on from all the offseason stuff, we have a bunch, a bunch of content, you know, kind of scheduled as ours, what we're going to be putting out on a weekly basis. We're going to have the waiver show. We're going to have start set. Kevin, Ryan, and Maddie are going to be doing a bunch of DFS stuff. We have, we even have some dynasty stuff lined up on a, on a week to week basis. So we're going to be coming at you guys with all of the, all the content you can handle. We're just going to bring it to you. It's going to be on the website, podcast, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all that. So do yourself a favor, help us out. Make sure you are subscribed on whatever platform that you are on, whatever social media channels, whatever podcast you're listening to. Make sure you are on the on the YouTube channel as well. That's where we're going to be going live. That way you can, guys can jump in interact with us we're definitely looking forward to that whenever you guys are jumping in and asking us questions so be sure to do all that for us we really appreciate it and we're uh, we're excited to kick this season off and keep it tuned in here and we'll talk to you guys soon what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.